T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We'll have Steve Geller join us at 540 for our triple option segment. Now we're going to do our What Are the Odds segment. It's presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of WWL. Bob, I think early on we, we're going to talk about certainly Thursday night, tomorrow night. The line has pretty much stayed the same between Saints and Rams, four-point favorite Rams, um, in L.A., uh, it has really not moved. And looking at uh, just from one particular site on the bets, it's been Rams 55% of the bets, Saints 45 that, that's pretty close to what Vegas wants. That way they don't oh, yeah, lose yeah. money. But out of that, that way. But the four-point spread pretty much has stayed intact the entire time. Well, I hope the Saints win. I don't know if they're going to win. But, Mike um, – I've looked at, like, scoring offense, scoring defense, and I try and break it down. And and as of late, uh, what the Rams have done, really both offenses have improved. Uh, like I said, again, it's not an opinion. The Rams are averaging 33 points in its last four games, but it depends what defense you're playing. And then you look at the Saints the last three weeks. They've scored uh, basically 25.5 points per game, so – I'm not going to go with out-and-out shootout because I don't think that's in the Saints' best interest. I would definitely take the Saints in the four points. Now, again, that might not uh, you might not win uh, straight up, but those four points could be valuable. But uh, I'm even going to go with because I want the Saints to win so bad. <laughs> I'm kind of going with the Saints. Mike, it ain't going to be easy, like 24-23. Uh, I'm trying to keep it in the 20s. Uh, but I think it's going to truly be – Again, I say this a number of times week in and week out, like a field goal type game. It doesn't always occur. A lot of times it does, but uh, I just need the Saints to win. I I want the Saints to win so, Mike, all of a sudden that if if you look at, like, expectations and how the team can get the double-digit wins and all, can they go on a winning streak and all that? The bottom line is, do you know right now, because, Mike, I've looked at different scenarios, and and we can break it down as the show goes on, but you know if the Saints would beat the Rams? You know, oh, Aver, it's like woulda, coulda, shoulda. Okay, if the Saints beat the Rams Thursday night, they have a mini-buy, and somehow could come out on top of a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team at Tampa Bay because Baker Mayfield's hot, uh, the Bucks are hot, 
Mike, the Atlanta game might not even matter whether they, whether they make the postseason. I'm telling you, you beat the Rams, you beat Tampa Bay. I'm not talking about winning division. Mike, it's almost like uh, you're in the playoffs. You're not saying if you run the table, you're in the playoffs. If we beat, it's like 80%. Mike, 80% chance we beat the Rams, we beat the Bucks. 80% chance we're in the postseason. I like those odds. You know, those odds are pretty yeah. good. You know, if I sold you a Powerball ticket tonight and said, Bob, you buy a few more, you got an 80% chance to win it. Uh, uh, what yeah. are you, you doling out the no, cash? I'm telling you, the playoffs have already started for the Saints. No, it's not. No, it's playoff time. Uh, and it, it's it, been playoff time. Yeah, It's like pre-Christmas and all that and the holidays, uh, Thursday night football, short week. Well, uh, I know the Rams didn't travel. Uh, the Saints had to travel. But again, uh, you, you got to tell yourself as an individual, uh, individual, the human element, you could do anything for three, three and a half hours. You know, can you win man to man? You know who took it upon himself to lead the team and get them fired up was Demario Davis. What he did to set the tone that Giants game, he did a Drew Brees type uh, 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 pep talk. Before the game, but Mike, you know, you know why they respect him now. Whatever, uh, he's like E.F. Hutton. Whatever Demario Davis speaks, you the, the team is listening. You know why? Because he went out there and he kicked ass and said the tone in the first quarter. He sure did. So they say whatever Demario Davis says, uh, it's like gospel, uh, and I'm following that. Well, Demario, even though he's up in age, uh, look a passing you or whatever. I mean, it's right now, right now. No, we got to win tomorrow night. You got to beat the Rams, and you got to take one snap and clear. Okay, did it work out? I always tell you that. Okay, let's say you didn't play on a particular play as well as you wanted to play. Well, so what? You got to do that. Let's say even if you do great. You got, what are you going to do the next play? What are you going to do the next play? That's how you get things done, and you come away with a victory. But, my God, the playoffs are here coming tomorrow night against the Rams. And it's been the last couple of weeks. Because yeah, you, yeah. you, you don't win those games, you're not even involved with it. Bob, in the Gasparilla Bowl, Friday night, I took a look at this uh, when I went to the Slipper Monday night. Uh, UCF opened up as a seven-point favorite. It's went down to six-and-a-half. Now it's five-and-a-half over Georgia Tech. Whoa. So that thing has tumbled a point-and-a-half in three days. So, uh, so Mike, when you look at uh, – and obviously, you know, Vegas is always trying to balance that out. Yes. So you can see where the money's trending uh, yes. whenever you have uh, that kind of uh, drastic change. And, Mike, you know, I'm looking at also – in um, Bob, it, here's yeah. why. Okay. 82% of the money has been bet on Georgia Tech. 18% on UCF. Yeah, so, so, so that's uh, why this line has tumbled because now they're trying to get a line where you're going to bet on UCF. They don't want to take a beating if they lose on that game. Now, you know what, to me, this is the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. Now, uh, that, that, that's not necessarily the case. Come Monday night football, Mike, they got three Monday night games. Yep. You got the Raiders at Kansas City. You got the Giants at Philadelphia. But you know what I'm intrigued with? Baltimore at San Fran. Remember I told you in August, I think that's my Super Bowl pick. Well, I picked well, one of them to get there at San Francisco. Well, yeah, that is going from four and a half to – Far is being a four and a half five to and five a and a half point favorite. So, uh, I, I, okay, if you're NFL or you like pro football, uh, how are you not watching that game? 
Mike, if you like pro football, you might say, I don't care about the 49ers or Ravens. No, well, if you like pro football, you're watching that damn game Monday night because that's right now. Right now, before the postseason starts, that's the best of the best right now. Because the other two games, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, Raiders, exactly. Chiefs, yeah, yeah, Giants, the, Eagles. Uh, I'm going to yeah, watch a little yeah, bit yeah, of yeah, it. the Giants no, and the Raiders. You're no. watching all of this. Oh, but, but out of that, I want to see what's going to happen to see if they can live up to expectations and the pressure uh, that comes with that. Mike, looking at the NFC South and – Arthur Blank said um, about Arthur Smith, I'm going to see how the season plays out and what's going to come about with Arthur Smith. Well, looking at uh, the Colts, the Colts, uh, boy, you talk about Gardner Minshew, Uncle Rico, what he's done for them. Mike is, what, like 4-2 and two or something? He, he's, he's kept them relevant. When you talk about a backup quarterback or an opportunity, now that stayed at 1.5. So the Colts, even though it's at Atlanta, the Colts are 1.5-point favorite uh, at Atlanta. How do you think – that's like a flip a coin there. And, Bob, 55% of the money has been on Atlanta. See, that surprises me a little bit. I guess because they're at home. That, it has to I, be. It got to be. It can't be what you're watching. And I know one thing. If this was Desmond Ritter starting, you that wouldn't be the case. Right. I, uh, I think they trust uh, Taylor Heineke Taylor more Heineke. than, oh, than no, Desmond yeah, Ritter yeah, at this yeah. stage. Because he won't make that significant mistake or something uh, that Desmond Ritter. But it's do or die for the Falcons. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but without a doubt. You lose, and, even though it's an AFC game. Well, no, because they're record-wise. They won't have enough wins. No. Uh, that, that's why uh, go Colts go. Uh, you know, for the horseshoes, we cheering for them. Mike, how about now? Now, this is more on uh, the Saints' interest. Uh, uh, with Trevor Lawrence and all. It's uh, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Then that went to one-and-a-half. So that's a flip-the-coin type game. As well as Tampa Bay's playing, it's Bob, at Tampa, Jacksonville. Heavy money on the Bucks. 67% of the uh, money has gone Tampa Bay. Because they're hot and they're Jacksonville. And, and, Trevor, uh, Trevor and not Lawrence, sure about the quarterback. Yeah, and then they've kind of slid back. Uh, the, the, the Jacksonville was well in control. Mike, they were, oh, they're going to be playing for the number one seed. Uh, but lately, I'd say no, but hell no. But the Jaguars, uh, look, we know they whipped the Saints here. But the Jaguars, as of late, they have not played well. They've shot themselves in the foot. Okay, you look at Sunday night's game. You didn't think Jacksonville had an opportunity? They wasted opportunities against the Ravens because the yeah. they had a shot in that game. They really did, and just they couldn't convert well, the Ravens. And, and, and then Trevor Lawrence sometimes, as great he could be, he's kind of like Josh Allen with the Bills, too loosey-goosey with the football. You know, all of a sudden. Bob, I think to, he tries to do too much. Uh, yeah, and then he's scrambling. Yeah. Eh, you fumbled. And they knocked the ball out. No, Mike, I, I'm telling you. You know, you try and do too much. And how you protect that football. That's why I'm telling you, I still think what's going to come about. You know, Deuce and I always talk about this. The Rams. How do you beat the Rams and uh, you basically, uh, you know, four-point underdog? Four, four-and-a-half, whatever. You know what? How about we win the turnover battle? The Rams are minus two and we're plus five. I, I would take on the road, Mike, even us being plus one. I say, oh, we I would take an even. Uh, uh, even. Yeah, don't be negative. Don't be in that minus category in that turnover margin. Bob, that's our What Are the Odds segment. It's presented by FanDuel Sportsbooks, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of WWL. When we come back, we'll hear from Brian Kelly, LSU head football coach on the 2023-2024 recruiting class for the Tigers. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Brian Kelly addressed the media today about the uh, signing day, uh, early signing day in December. We'll see if there's any more in February. Potentially uh, could be a player or two. So we're going to go to Brian uh, and his uh, address to the nation, the LSU nation, on recruiting day. We were uh, excited about um, the results of, um, you know, a, a very long uh, and uh, clearly a successful uh, signing day for, for our football program. Uh, there's so many people to thank, our entire operations uh, that, that go into this. So many people, uh, when you talk about recruiting from uh, logistical planning, uh, flights and uh, rental cars, uh, hotels. I mean, I, I could go on and on to... Uh, recruiting weekends uh, to planning our entire recruiting staff uh, led by J.R. Benton, Will Redmond and personnel. Um, you know, I think I think there's just so many people to, to thank that um, I'll miss somebody if I don't bring them up. But those two in particular and uh, have done a great job of um, putting this class together. Uh, Frank Wilson, our recruiting coordinator, um, and, and then our entire coaching staff, um, they're, they're so um, integral in, in this day as well. But we're excited about the 27 uh, total signees, 26 high school players, you know, one junior college uh, player today. Um, 14 of them will enroll uh, in January, which uh, obviously gives us a, a great opportunity to develop those players uh, through uh, the winter um, conditioning program and certainly get them acclimated academically, uh, socially, and, and put them in a good position um, from a time management standpoint so that when we get into the summer and you know, preseason camp, they're, they're a lot more uh, comfortable uh, being in college. Um, 20 of the signees uh, have Louisiana roots. Uh, 16 from here, born and raised, four from um, moved out of the state. So a, a great connection with the state of Louisiana. And then eight out of the 10 of the highest rated uh, prospects uh, by many of the uh, 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 publications that, that do in fact um, rate them. So, you know, where are we after three recruiting cycles? We've, we've uh, brought in 64 uh, freshmen into our program. I think 
you know, I've said this um, since I got here. We're going to build this program on freshmen. Um, last year, you know, we had to um, bring in a number of transfers because that was necessary for where the program was. This year we brought in two. So you can see the, the shift and transition towards developing our players, um, giving them the opportunity to grow within our program, and then we have to put them on the field. Uh, we had some young players that have to play this year, and there's some growing pains that go along with that. But um, I'm committed to um, that growth and that, that, that kind of development, and I think in the long run uh, it proves to be the way to championships and continuity and consistency within your program. Um, you know, I think some of the, you know, things that are also um, important to point out is, um, you know, from a, a position breakdown, we've got great balance, offense, defense, uh, you know, special teams. Um, again, uh, I, I think that, you know, when we talk about recruiting, where is your focus? Our focus is on the state of Louisiana. Our focus is on freshmen. Um, and, our, and our focus is on um, a well-rounded student-athlete that recognizes the value of a degree from LSU and wants to play for championships. And so that will be reflected uh, in this class. So with that, we'll open it up to questions. Uh, hey, Coach. Um, you had mentioned those numbers. Uh, 23 of the 27 signees are from Louisiana and Texas, pretty much East Texas. I was just curious. Obviously, those are hot spots for talent, but... In the portal era and retention, your view on recruiting areas like that where do you think guys are more likely to stick it out if they're close to home, parents drive to games, that kind of thing? Were you correcting me? Was I correcting you? Yeah, no, no, no. Factually, did I no, was I'm, I wrong? I, was adding I wasn't wrong. I was adding it Texas was, it into it was Mike it as, that was well. wrong. If anybody is wrong no, factually that, today, just, just... I'm pregnant. I wasn't correct. I was adding the Texas. Part oh, you were adding okay. the twenty-three of uh, twenty-seven uh, from the two states. I'm just curious if yeah, if you I, think I that may help with retention. Yeah, I, I really do believe that there is um, a loyalty and a, a sense of growing up uh, and wanting to play for LSU. I, I really believe that there's that that passion, and I think it's not just LSU. I think you know when I was in the Midwest, I, I was at Cincinnati. I mean that. That same sense is that I, they wanted to be a Buckeye, right? They wanted to play for Ohio State. And, and I think that that geographically is in, you know, some of the passionate states about football. And I think that's clearly here in the state of Louisiana, that, that young boys grow up to young men that want to play for LSU. So I think that's real. And, and so we recognize that, and if, if they possess the traits from a football standpoint and from a character standpoint and an academic standpoint, um, darn right, we're going to recruit them. Absolutely. Coach, you mentioned uh, building through freshmen, but was there, as far as interior defensive tackles, was there a debate about transfer portal guys there? And the fact that there are none, is that a tell that all your guys are coming back next year? Ooh, tricky question. To the, to the tricky one in there. So the junior college player, uh, Sean Montgomery, we really kind of satisf satisfied that, that piece uh, kind of early on before the transfer portal even got busy. So we used him as kind of the model 
Like, if, if somebody is of that caliber of a player or better, maybe we'd be interested. Um, and, and we feel good about retention. Um, and so I think both of those things factored into where we're at at the defensive tackle position. You know, with a guy like Deshaun McBride, yeah. um, what, what does he sort of bring to the table with, with the secondary and what sort of was appealing um, for you guys about him? Well, outside of um, length and athleticism, um, you know, the safety position is, is one of, of need within our program. You just look at the numbers on the depth chart. Um, first um, student athlete uh, that plays football that has graduated from Denham Springs early. Um, so he's a terrific student, high character, you know, has all the traits that we're looking for. So not only he's got length, um, he's uh, really brings the kind of uh, safety presence that we're looking for in terms of being able to cover a number two receiver, but also a great tackler. Um, it's a great student and um, a great young man. You look at some of the areas where you guys recruited defensively, it looks like there's a lot of positional versatility. I'm just curious if that's a situation where you, know, you got guys like McBride and uh, Tylen Singleton, my, my, uh, Michael Turner, just, just guys that can come in and maybe be, you know, start at one position and then maybe you know, just depending on need and where their best fit is, is that something that you guys targeted as guys that can maybe fill multiple spots for you guys? I think what what the the charge there was um, toughness, uh, versatility, um, and and the ability to develop. Th these are all young men that are going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. They have not tapped out in terms of that, and so in in the. the as we talk about player development, we, we want you know, uh, the ability to watch these young men uh, grow within our program as well. So um, I, I think that that has to be considered as well. So if you see somebody that's, you know, 205 pounds, you can assume that these guys are going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, but they have, you know, obviously some elite uh, traits already, and we hope to build on that. Coach, if I could ask about a couple of local guys kind of from the same area there. Trey Des Green, uh, football is still relatively new to him, right? Yeah. And uh, Joel Rogers. Yeah. Uh, he said he wouldn't mind a few offensive touches too. But uh, on the safety side of the ball, him as well. Yeah, another impressive, impressive young man in, in Rogers in safety position. But, again, a great athlete um, and tough. I mean, he played with – you know, a shoulder injury that uh, obviously got repaired after the season. Um, just, again, high character, great student, um, and, and really liked all of the other facets about him, and he's an outstanding football player. Another neat position for us locally, Tredace Green, um, just starting to scratch the surface in terms of what he can do uh, as a football player. I thought his jump from last year to this year of understanding the game and it coming easy to him 
was probably um, as as big as anyone that I've seen in one year. I, generally, it takes longer for somebody that's just played the game uh, to pick up the nuances of the game, but you could spread him out as a receiver uh, from last year to this year and his, his awareness, his body control, uh, the things that he did from last year to this year was, was pretty remarkable. Y'all signed four corners, and you get Sage Ryan to decide not to come out of the transfer portal. So for kind of where do you see Sage moving forward? And also now with all of that, how do you feel about the cornerback position moving forward? I feel good about it. I mean, you know, certainly, um, you know, Jay Van Toviano, um, Ashton Stamps, Jeremiah Hughes, um, Sage, you know, you've got four corners there. Um, you know, uh, Jair's coming back from an injury. Um, you know, you've got some depth there. You've got freshmen coming in. I think we're, 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 we're stabilizing a position that was not very stable. And, and we've got Zay, or Zai coming back uh, as well, who was a starter for us. Uh, there's depth there. There's athleticism. That was not the case, obviously, uh, over the last couple of years. So what we're starting to see is a, a stabilization and depth within the program that, that really was devoid of that. And, and I think that's why you didn't see us jumping into the portal. We, we really want to be able to develop these younger players. And, and, and again, I, I feel confident in our ability to do that and, and have them ready to play championship football in the SEC. So like you mentioned, you guys had to start a lot of true freshmen in the secondary this season. With the freshmen that you did sign today, is the expectation higher than it, than it was, or is it about the same? Where do you stand with from the experience you had this season? So I, I've told them all to have a mindset of coming in and competing. I'm going to play the best 11 players, um, whoever they might be. Um, so I think there's a lot of physical talent in this group. Um, how do you handle the transition? You know, mentally, you have to be prepared. Uh, and sometimes that's the biggest challenge coming in as a freshman. Are you ready mentally to play? Because I think physically, most of these guys can compete right away. Um, it's just sometimes, you know, some of them take a little bit longer. But uh, I've challenged them all to have a mindset to come in here and be ready to compete immediately. Look, we'll know early on. If you're standing in the back of the line in the first couple of weeks, um, well, we'll have a good idea that you're not ready to compete. If you're up front and you're pushing guys to get in and want to rep and you want to get out there, then, then let's see what you've got. And, you know, we've had that every year I've been here, right? First year you had a guy like, you know, Will Campbell, uh, Emory Jones. I mean, those guys jumped in right away and, and said, look, uh, I want to compete right away. Um, you know, Caleb Jackson, he said, listen, I'm ready to play right away. Um, so we'll, we'll have that again this year. It's just are uh, you ready mentally. Uh, one, um, Weston Davis, yep. Corey Williams, some of these linemen you sign are basketball players that are lighter guys, athletic. How good do you feel about kind of the three years of O-line recruiting you've had now? feel really good about it. I think we have guys that can bend, uh, that have light feet, that can move their feet. There's a model that we're looking for that we're going to stick with. There's a profile, if you will, whatever word you want to use. Um, they have to be, uh, they have to have a really good football IQ. Um, 
But as you know, and you mentioned, a lot of these guys play basketball. We want them to be agile, have quickness, um, be able to move up and down the court is, is a really good trait for some of these six foot six, six foot seven offensive linemen. So you can see what we're trying to do there in terms of bringing these guys along. Um, so I, I think we've stacked uh, this offensive line to be uh, deep and talented for, uh, for, for years to come. That was LSU head football coach Brian Kelly talking about the 2023-2024 uh, recruiting class for the LSU Fighting Tigers. We'll be back uh, with more sports talk here on the Big 870 and our triple option feature right after this break. We're back here on sports talk on the Big 870. It's our triple option feature. Steve Geller joins us now where each of us give our top takes on the top stories in sports. And it's brought to you by Lambert Zaney, representing injured maritime workers for over 40 years. Robert J., you go first. Well, uh, like I said, I don't, I don't think we need to be in a shootout uh, tomorrow night because uh, that is not going to be in the Saints' best interest. I mean, I'm just looking at the Rams' offense and how they're clicking right now. Now the Saints' offense has gotten better. But the L.A. Rams are averaging 33 points in its last four games. And, again, you try and make a team one-dimensional. You might say uh, feast or famine. Okay, uh, did we stop the Rams' running game or did we stop Matthew Stafford in the passing game considering, you know, uh, Puka Nakua or, or Cooper Cup? Uh, no, they are rolling right now. They are a hot team. They're like, the Rams are kind of like the NFC version right now of the Bills. When you look at the record. And all of a sudden, the Bills, oh, but they're, they're not going to do anything. Then all of a sudden, they have a game like they had against Dallas. But when I look at it, and I, I'm very encouraged. I didn't think we'd be able to do this. We held Saquon Barkley to 57 total yards. I guarantee if we could do that to Kyron Williams, uh, the Saints will win. We'll win on the road. If you're going to tell me he's going to have like 50 total yards of scrimmage, uh, that's good for the Saints. Either be even or plus one. Now, you can't turn over the ball. But we don't necessarily need to be plus one or plus two. And, uh, you know, uh, Mike and I was talking about this. You know, the Saints are plus five. The Rams are minus two. I was surprised to see that. Yeah. So when I look at that, but this would caught my attention. Because I always look at, um, you know, more you could do. Pass receiver running back, can you run? Kyron Williams. Uh, if you look uh, last week, I had 155 scrimmage yards. You know, I always say I want Alvin Kamara, 120, 130, 150 is like the best of the best in the NFL. We had 155 scrimmage yards, but it was all running. He had 152 rushing yards, three receiving, and it was now his third game, third game of the season, where he's at 150-plus scrimmage yards in 2023. So it's not like, oh, that was a fluke. He won't do that again. Uh, no, that, that's a sample size. He did that three, tied, three times, and that's tied uh, for the third most in the NFL this season. Okay, look at the company he's keeping. He's trying to go for six straight games with 100-plus scrimmage yards. He has a career high right now, almost 1,200 scrimmage yards, and there's still uh, you know three games to play in 2023. And he's the first of three running backs with 100-plus scrimmage yards per game average. He's averaging. So if, if we would cut this in half, let's say he gets uh, 70. 
I think he'd be outstanding. He's averaging like a hundred, almost 115 total yards, averaging week in and week out, uh, total yards from scrimmage. He's one of three uh, running backs that are in that category. Well, you know who's number one, Christian McCaffrey, who's up for MVP right <laughs> now. Uh, who, who do we give it to, the quarterback? I give uh, it to uh, McCaffrey. With Purdy, or do we give it to uh, McCaffrey? And then I think you remember this name, James Cook, who gashed the cowgirls. Well, the, the, that's the fraternity. It's James Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and Kyron Williams. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really know that much about Kyron Williams. And I started reading all this of the Saints. He's been outstanding for the Rams. And he year. wasn't no first, second, or third, fourth round pick either. He was a later round pick uh, for the Rams. And, they hit it big. And hit it. Hit Same a, with, with uh, a home Puka. run grand slam. With Puka Nakua also. They Steve. got a stable of backs there, too. It's like even if, you know, Kyron has troubles, I know they've got so many folks behind them. I, I don't know what uh, McVay is gathering over there in his backfield. When you can throw it, it opens up <laughs> the running game. He flips it. He opens up the running game with his passing attack. Gotcha, yeah. Steve, next. Uh, for me, I'm on the other side of the ball in this Thursday night football game. Obviously, the name Aaron Donald strikes a ton of fear into anyone's hearts uh, when you're playing against them. And unfortunately, we know the Saints O-line's a bit banged up. We know, no Ryan Ramchek going into this matchup. And it's can, not playing, right? Right, yep. exactly. Can we keep Derek Carr safe? Uh, he's had some big hits this year. We've seen him take the shoulder, dealing with concussions. Uh, something that I'm, I'm I'm concerned about going into this matchup. But then when you look at the Rams' numbers, uh, they actually surprisingly had the same amount of sacks as the Saints this year. You wouldn't think that with a stud like Aaron Donald on that side of the ball. No, well, got you, three you, guys you, blocking and, and, Somebody uh, else got to make that play. Steve, you know what's crazy? You know, we had this seven-sack game. I think we played Carolina. Didn't we, like, both have 18 sacks? <laughs> Well, now uh, us and the Rams both have 30 sacks. Right. That was a it's big like, jump. It's like identical. We have a, a 30 sack uh, total. That's where we're at. So now we let's got, see if you can get yeah. into the 40s with three games left. Right, right. That, no, Which, no. Th- that was a consistent with Ryan Nielsen. Right, right. That's right. true. He got you into the 40s. And, and then, Mike, uh, I still think that'd be underachieving because I think you got to no, get. I agree with you. You got to get 46 or more. Then your low 50s, you're amongst the best. But. Um, Okay, look at Aaron Donald, Steve, like you were saying. Has five tackles for a loss in his past five uh, home games at, at SoFi. Now against New Orleans, in five career games, he has eight tackles for a loss. Oof. And so, you know he's going to be disruptive. Uh, you know it's he's just in the how disruptive he'll and, be. And on Thursday night, uh, you know, a short week, oh, well, maybe he's not ready to roll. Do you know on Thursday night football, now it's nine games, but he's had seven and a half sacks and 11 tackles for a loss. Good Lord. So, uh, I don't want to wait he, to he's hear that. a short week. So even with the short no, week. Man, short week don't bother me. Yeah, even though it's a short week, it has not affected him. Okay, I, I got to thank my, my good friend Kelsey Nicole Nelson for sending me this. And tonight goes to show you how much LSU's women's basketball has really caught fire. Tonight's game as the LSU Tigers play Coppin State is a sellout and the hottest ticket in town as the defending champs come to town. That's Baltimore, Maryland, led by Angel Reese in her return visit to her home city, Baltimore, Maryland. 
So my a guess sellout. Was, that's where she went to high school, right? In that area. So. Correct. And went and to Maryland. College, right? Yeah. And yeah. went to Maryland, but yeah. it is a sellout. Goes to show you, man. LSU basketball, hottest ticket in town in Baltimore, Maryland, as they play Coppin State. <laughs> but a lot of that having to do with Angel Reese. That's a wrap on Triple Option, brought to you by Lambert Zaney, representing injured maritime workers for over 40 years. Join us every day in the 5 o'clock hour for our top takes on sports on the sports powerhouse, WWL. We'll be back to finish it up on hour number two here on Sports Talk. Okay, we're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, finishing it off. And, uh, Bob, again, setting up tomorrow. And you guys, uh, you and Steve, will be at Manning's from 5 to 7. Uh, basically, uh, the pregame, Charlie uh, Long and I will be doing the fans' first take, right. setting everything up for tomorrow. But how huge a game this is between no, the Saints it, and the Rams. It is the playoffs. Uh, to be realistic, uh, Mike, I would love to look at the glass half full the more homework I'm doing. Now, anything can happen in one game. Uh, it would be an upset to me. Like, you know, I thought it would be an upset if we would beat the Lions. I think where the Rams are at right now, I think it's very similar to that being upset. And so I think that's where we're at. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.